Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rock bondage. Rock bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find out at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. I'm Fox, she's Maya. I'm the rigger, she's the bottom, and we do rope together from Bangkok, Thailand. And today we are going to talk about emotions. So, Fox, what does emotion have to do with rope? I don't know because I am a dummy dumb and thus I have a heart <laughs> of stone. I do not know what emotions are. Okay. Well, I'm not sure that's entirely accurate, or the bomb. Um, but um, emotions are something that both uh, come up um, and also we seek out during rope. So there, there's I, two kind I, of aspects. I think so. I think um, if rope didn't have any emotional connection with the partner, I would really not like it as much. It would be a very different kind of activity. Well, or there's, sure. there's still the, all the great anal sex, so... I would still do it, but you know, I wouldn't Don't like it as much. I think that's a thing that happens in everyone's work, so. Well, I feel sorry for them then. Anyway, so so why from a um, physiology perspective, why do, why do we get emotions during work? So rope as an activity is a metabolic stressor. So it's going to elicit a stress response in your body, Maya. And so what does that mean? Like what does that, what happens when that? Um, occurs? Well, a bunch of chemicals uh, get released in your bloodstream by your body, both when you're in the rope, so that's the stress state, and then you've got the post-stress release when you come down and you're no longer stressed, then you have another influx of chemicals. And depending on the person, depending on the individual, it's going to have various effects on you, but sometimes those can be pretty big. Mm. Mm. Okay, so that's from a physiological um, perspective, but there's also the psychological perspective. Yeah, and since you're a psychologist, maybe you <laughs> could explain those better than I could. Okay, so um, there's two two pieces. So one is the piece around um, us seeking, us chasing this idea of emotion in rope okay. uh, because of the connection piece. Um, when we do rope, uh, it gives us a space to let go um, and and to to seek out to uh, create depending on whether we're uh, the, the top or the bottom different types of emotional state like what for instance um, it could be something from closeness and connection like you've already yeah, mentioned yeah. to fear um, or anxiety, or relaxation, or uh, stress, as you said, like many different um, types. Well, I, I meant stress on a physical level, though, as the reaction of the body, the heartbeat, and everything. I didn't mean stress as an emotion in itself so much. Yeah, but you can also create stress as an emotion. Sure. Um, and so, so that's one of the things that we are interested as uh, tops and bottoms to have that um, emotional connection, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, and, and many people talk of rope as a language. And so if rope is a language, then as a rigger, you should be able to express something to your bottom 
and to some extent influence the kind of emotion you want to pull your bottom towards. Yeah. Um, and of course, the bottom isn't passive. Some, sometimes people feel that it's all the top creating uh, emotion, but for sure, um, bottoms can also enhance feelings in their tops, right? That is actually so true. Um, depending on how the bottom reacts to the rope and the way the bottom touches the rigger and speaks to the rigger during the scene, they actually have a giant role to play in what the emotions of the scene are going to be like. Mm. And we maybe don't think about that enough. Mm, mm. And in fact, that's really what a scene is, isn't it? It really is, because even if the rope is great, like all the knots are in the right place and no one dies and everything, <laughs> uh, if the scene like didn't make you feel anything, if it left you completely cold, you're probably not going to consider it one of your best scenes. Um, although I'm not judging and maybe some people just like to do rope for like getting nice photos and they don't really care about the feelings and that's completely okay too. But I'm definitely of the camp that's um, looking for the connection and the feelings. Yeah, yeah. And there's also um, the psychological piece that um, you are vulnerable by definition as a bottom in rope. So mm -hmm. it's not just about um, creating specific emotions, there is an inherent vulnerability about being tied up because in general when we're tied up we're not able to do anything, there's a big element of trust um, and so so that kind of is um, a byproduct of doing rope itself. I think so because by definition uh, you can't move so you can't defend yourself from external uh, stimuli and that's something we play a lot with in rope. Uh, you might also be exposed on purpose by the rigor with choosing forms, choosing positions that expose parts of your body and, and that I think really plays into that vulnerability factor and I think that is a big part of the Japanese school of rope in particular. Mm, mm. And, and sometimes these emotions are deliberate, so we've been talking a bit more about um, seeking out emotions, but sometimes they're not, right? Uh, yeah, you can have some big surprise and it can be a good surprise like, oh, that scene was actually like clicked really well and everything was amazing. Or it could be a bit of a less good surprise if like you trigger your partner in a way you didn't want to and it could make your scene go a bit sour. Mm, mm. Um, and I think it's worth in your aftercare or maybe in the debrief the next day, depending on how uh, you, you feel in the aftercare, to, to pick up on emotions as part of your your debrief. So asking, you know, well, how did that feel to you? And not just in a physical sense, but in an yeah. emotional sense. Yeah, that is such a good point, Maya, because when we debrief a rope scene, we tend to focus, A, on the rope technique, like was the photo tight enough? and beyond the physical consequences like, oh, are you able to uh, move your hand and do you feel any tingling and stuff? But we need to remember to ask questions about people's emotions and feelings too, because they're equally important. Yeah, and if you don't, then you lose. The, the more you ask about that, the more you can understand because you're getting feedback on what you did and the more effective you can be in the future. Yeah, definitely. So Maya, what are some examples of emotions you have had whilst doing rope? And you do a lot of rope, so I'm sure you're having a lot of emotions. <laughs> um, so sexual arousal, I guess, is mm, one. That's nice. 
so how, that I do my work with my partner and my dom. So how does that um, work? <laughs> so um, I do both sexual tying and non-sexual tying, um, depending on who I'm tying with, and many bottoms will do this as well. Um, so sexiness and non-sexiness, you, you can tie in really different ways. Um, so the way... Uh, so for you, for example, you like asses a lot. I really do. They are my, pa my passion in life. My they own. are a thing for you. And so for you, many of your <laughs> tying things, at least eventually, even if not at first, will involve the the bottom's bottom, as it were. Uh, in fact, yes. Uh, and the way the position I choose. So my my bottoms are are female and. And that's because that's my uh, my preference, but that works no matter the genders involved, obviously. And I would tend to uh, put them in a position that a enhances or highlights uh, their bottoms, which I like very much, and also makes it accessible if uh, if some sexual play um, has been negotiated as part of the scene. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a good point as well. So um, the more if you've negotiated sexual play, then you can make sex part of doing your role. And so that mm -hmm. makes part of it. But even then, you can make a chest harness uh, sexual or non-sexual. So it, oh, it doesn't yes. have to be um, using genitalia at all, right? Uh, yes, and there's a bit of a grey area between where sensuality ends and where sexuality begins which I think makes it really important to have a good discussion with someone before you start doing rope with them, because what is sexual to one might not be to the other. And then welcome to Awkward Town. Yeah, yeah, or worse, very much so. So what other kinds of um, emotions can we, we find in rope? Mm, one emotion that I experience as a rigor when a rope scene is going well is flow state. And probably technically incorrect to call flow state an emotion but like just roll with it for a minute if you don't mind mm -hmm. uh, it's about being very in the moment being very focused everything goes smoothly i don't have to think about my body about my rope everything feels very natural feel very good and usually i tend to lose my state of time and like sometimes the scene will have lasted two hours and it feels like it's been 15 minutes Mm, mm. And so how do we get that, that flow state? I think we get to flow state where we're an, in an environment that is not distractive, distracting. It's not destructive to our concentration. Like we don't have people trampling all over our scene space. We don't have loud music. Like we're comfortable in our space mm -hmm. and we're having a really good interaction with our partner. And I think there's a lot to do with compatibility. Mm. And that's really something you reach as a couple rather than as an individual, I think. Yeah, yeah. I would also say um, that you would need some fluidity with the rope itself. So if you're, mm -hmm. if you're early on as a rigger and you're very focused on the knots themselves or the placement yeah, okay. of the hats, then you're not going to be as much in flow. Yeah, if your rope handling isn't great yet and you have to look at a chart at every step, your flow is probably not going to be the best, neither mm. for you nor for your partner. Mm. And that's a great reason to train right there. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, catharsis is another interesting uh, emotional state. So what do we what do we see when a bottom usually looks for catharsis? Uh, well, people tend to want something very precise, don't they? Yeah, so, so catharsis is usually about processing um, a difficult piece of the past um, okay. and creating some kind of emotional reaction to process or let go of that piece of the past. Yeah, um, I, re I remember when we interviewed uh, Cookie Monster on this podcast, uh, she talked to us about a really interesting uh, rope scene, and I think she named it as one of her favorite scenes in the Christmas yeah. episode, actually, uh, where uh, she worked with a person to set up a rope scene as kind of a life transition marker, and that definitely sounded like a really strong catharsis. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes people have just had a shitty day at work, and yeah, yeah. they want some kind of um, some kind of experience where, in the moment, they can let go and, yeah. and cry or be angry or shout or something that helps them process that bad day. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free. Far from it, actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases, and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Uh, yes, and in fact we've experienced that with uh, one of our close partners when she had some uh, issues with her exams. She was she was taking an exam and it didn't go well for for some reason, and she was well understandably very upset by it. And we did some pretty intense rope, and I think it uh, helped her break out of that not feeling so good and helped her uh, get over it. Yeah, yeah, because she was able to focus on the intensity and the pain of the rope. Um, and when it's very intense, there's not much else you can focus on. Yeah, definitely. It demands your attention and your yeah. presence. Yeah. And if you're someone who has a tendency to uh, run away into your head a bit and the rope is intense enough, it's going to bring you right back. Yeah, keep you very present. Yeah. And actually that leads into another emotion, which is fear. So that's one of our favorite ones, obviously. It kind of is, yeah. Um, I'm a very easily scaredy bunny mm -hmm. uh, in all ways. Um, but I like that feeling of fear, and there's a kind of primal piece to it, primal prey, I guess, with my side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and that might be about pain, about not knowing what's going to happen, about vulnerability, about not being able to move or being blindfolded. There's, I mean, for me, there's a million ways to make me afraid. Yeah, if you think about it, rope is really good at restricting your senses because it can block your eyes, it can block your ears, um, it can tie your mouth shut, like it can really remove from you as much as the rigor wants. It can take your identity. If you have face rope and mm. you're like mummified, then suddenly you'll become an object. Are you flirting with me, Maya? <laughs> Usually so. <laughs> um, On the yeah. flip side of that, uh, it can also be used to elicit a sensation of power in the rigor. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I think it's interesting when we think about emotion, sometimes people focus a bit heavily on the bottom. So, for example, we talk about creating fear in the bottom. But of course, there is always a uh, flip state, a flip emotional state in the rigor. Um, and power and control are two of the big ones, right? Yeah, definitely. To the extent that, sadly, I think we've all read accounts of riggers who have let their ego get um, get away a bit and start behaving in ways that are not great. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, power going too far. Yeah. Because power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a state that um, often tops enjoy, right? I think you have to find the right balance so that you can enjoy that sensation of power, which is very rewarding. And there's but nothing wrong with feeling powerful at all. I think I think so too, but you have to just not get drunk on it Yeah. Uh, in a way that is going to make you lose touch with reality. Yeah, so just as a bottom, in my opinion, just as a bottom needs to say to be spacey but be aware enough to communicate risk or to communicate nerve damage or to communicate their safe word, whatever it is, the top also can get top spacey whatever we call that mm -hmm. but still needs to be able to hold on to what the boundaries the container the limits of the scene are absolutely absolutely yeah uh, then the opposite of fear you can use rope to instill an emotion of safety in your bottom mm. and usually that's going to be very cuddly rope where you're going to hold your bottom a lot and like wrap her into a rope cocoon in a very warm way. Mm, mm. And here's a good example for me of where the same type of rope can feel quite different. So some kind of mummy tie. Um, so I'm thinking about uh, we did um, a rope scene where you came into me when I had just woken up and you tied me when I was still in a kind of half dream state. Mm. Uh, with a lot of rope and a kind of mummy type tie. Yeah, and that was yeah. very cocooning and very safety and very dreamlike. But the same kind of rope could easily be used in a more fear-based scene, depending on the way that it's tied. Oh, absolutely. And I think as a rigger, it's interesting to have range and be able to do the exact same tie, communicating something completely different. Yeah, yeah, really fascinating. So any other emotions? Uh, you can play with surprise. So if you're at the top uh, trying to give surprises to your bottom, you might like move her around a lot or take the tie in one direction, making her think you're going to do a certain thing and then midway shift to something completely different that she didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. And sensory deprivation um, rope is quite good for that as well, I think, surprise. Yeah. Uh, I recently did a scene where I um, had blindfolded my partner and I was like picking her up and moving her around the space physically. Uh, and honestly, she told me that she had no idea where she was because well, when you're restrained and then you're lifted and taken somewhere else, well, you have no idea where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also uh, takedown rope is a good example of where you can have challenge or surprise um, and all kinds of different emotions. Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was very surprised as a top when I tied with a Japanese bunny for the first time, 
and her behavior in rope was completely different from uh, what I had experienced from my Western partners uh, because she was kind of trying to get away from the rope a little bit, whereas my previous partners have just, you know, like, Stayed where you put them. Stayed where I put them and sometimes like try to help, uh, like try to move the body in a way that would make it easier for me to tie. She was kind of doing the opposite. She was <laughs> uh, not running away, but kind of uh, skittering away and resisting a bit. And that both uh, surprised me because I'd never experienced it before and also kind of aroused my predator instinct and mm. made the scene quite intense for me emotion-wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, rope can also support our self-esteem, I think, which is quite interesting. It really can, and it's awesome, because, let's face it, human beings often have self-esteem and self-image issues. Yeah, yeah. So it can help us feel beautiful, or capable, or strong, or confident, or competent. And that yeah. can go both for tops and bottoms. I think so. Both, uh, both the bottom, who achieves a difficult tie for the first time and see the beautiful photo of herself in the rope, she's probably going to love her body more than she did before. And the top, who maybe is not considered the dumbliest dumb in the dumb scene because he doesn't have the black helicopter like his buddies. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe if he manages a really nice rope scene, a really good positive rope interaction with someone, it's going to feel like more of a dumb. Okay, okay. Of um, course, if you also have the helicopter, it doesn't hurt, because then you can suspend from the helicopter mid-flight. Oh, that sounds terrifying. And you get extra points for that. Um, so how, one of the things I think we found challenging is how you explain how a tie feels. How do you explain feelings in a tie? That's a good question, because feelings can be complicated. They can? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so one way we can explore that is when we write about rope, uh, if we have a journal or if we write erotica, that can be a, a really good way to explore our feelings related to what happens within the scene. Yeah, very much so. And I write, uh, I very much enjoy writing erotica, um, both for the podcast around rope and other kinds of erotica. And it really helps me to try and explore better to widen my vocabulary about rope um, and to think about it like to try and understand how does that feel and i've uh, i've noted that your erotica often features large butt plugs so it must have something ah. to do with your feelings there think anyway so um we'd be interested from our audience if they have any writing which talks about feelings in rope mm -hmm. um it'd be great to link to some here um and i think i've uh, seen some, so I'll try and find some as well, but that would be a great thing to share. Yeah, so, uh, one thing you can do also, which uh, can be interesting if it works for you, is to do a narrating exercise. Uh, so as in a practice scene, you do your rope scene normally, but the bottom, for instance, or the top, you can do it both ways, but I think not at the same time. Uh, so the person who's doing the narrating exercise speaks throughout the scene in a stream of consciousness kind of way. Uh, saying what's going through their head as they're tying or being tied and which emotions come up and that can be a really nice exploration tool and it trains you to be better at communicating your feelings yeah. among other things I think yeah okay. so what are, what can be challenging around emotions and rope? Uh, one thing I come across a lot when I talk about rope with my friends is that it's challenging when you have a mismatch of the feelings 
like for example let's say the rigger is sexually aroused and is feeling sexual in the scene and the bottom isn't aroused isn't attracted and does not want the scene to feel sexual yeah and that can be a problem even if you've negotiated no sexual contact yes. and you stick to that it's interesting um, as a, a bottom and, and a reasonably sensitive person, I guess, that you can often feel people's sexual arousal yeah. in quite oppressive way. And, and I don't. And mean sometimes like, you can also feel their genitalia rubbing against. Yeah, you. I was just gonna say I don't mean like feeling their their genitalia. I mean it's interesting that it's something that if you do feel that in a scene, which I think is fine. Like I think have your feelings, but manage how they come across to the other person particularly if you've arranged if you've agreed one thing and you're feeling a different thing then you need to manage your behaviors mm -hmm. so they don't uh, express that feeling in a way that, that oppresses the other person and I think there are techniques to do that honestly so what kind of techniques would you suggest uh, I've had an experience a long time ago where I was tying with a person who had a boyfriend and uh, they'd negotiated uh, with her boyfriend that the uh, tying was not to be sexual because the boyfriend wasn't comfortable with uh, his girlfriend being sexual with another man. And she was very attractive, so I was a little bit aroused by the situation, obviously, of uh, playing with her body and so on. And what I did is I took this arousal and I redirected it in a place that wasn't sexual in expression because she was also a heavy masochist. So I used that arousal to feed my sadistic side and power the sadomasochistic aspect of the scene rather than fueling a sexual aspect. So what kinds of other mismatches do we, um, do we feel? Uh, well, when one person wants casual, fun light rope and the other person wants something very connective and very deep, that can be awkward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a good question to ask when you negotiate is how do you want to feel during the scene? Because it's not something that comes up as much, or if it does, there tends to be, do you want sex or not? Do you want pain or not? Those are the two things. Mm -hmm. But actually, how do you want to feel? Well, today I want to feel cuddled and warm and safe. Today I want to be challenged and have pain and be really pushed. Like It's a good question to ask each other in terms of the rope and making sure you're on the same page in terms of potential feelings. And likewise, it needs to be discussed what the rigor would like to get out of the scene and try to find the overlap. Yeah, that's what I meant about the match. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, <laughs> another kind of mismatch you can encounter, uh, maybe especially when you have one of the pair that is very experienced and the one that is newer is that the newer person could be having a really life-changing experience because let's say it's the first time they're doing rope and it's like opening their eyes to this whole universe of things and it's really intense uh, whereas for their partner they've done rope 2000 times and like it's nice but it's you know another rope scene and then that can be difficult for the person who is finding it really intense when for the other person it well really isn't yeah, yeah. And then you get into um, some overlap with things like sub-frenzy mm -hmm. and people kind of projecting their love of rope and their love of BDSM and it changing their lives with the particular person who they tied with, whether it's a top or a bottom. Yeah. 
and once again I think the only cure is communication and if you tie with a newer person you're accepting the responsibility of guiding them a bit in that new experience and taking the time to have a proper conversation with them afterwards yeah, yeah. you might find that they fall in love with you that has been my experience <laughs> Well, there's a, so, there's this, this well-known phenomenon called a misattribution or where someone yeah. gets really excited by the activity you're doing and their brain kind of thinks you're exciting as a person whereas yeah. it's really <laughs> just the activity you've been doing that's exciting that's why you should always take girls and guys uh, for coffees on first dates because that coffee is going to elevate their heart rate and their body is going to misregister that as interest in you yeah yeah okay that's a good idea um, so what other challenges can happen around rope and emotions? Um, well, one thing that can happen certainly is having an unexpected sudden burst of emotion in the middle of your scene that you didn't really see coming. Okay. And so can you give us an example of that, that kind of thing and what, what you actually do in that situation? Uh, sure, you're you're doing your rope scene, you're tying your partner, and you start wrapping rope around their feet, and like she, they didn't tell you that they didn't want rope on their feet, and everything is fine to you, and they s start crying and sobbing uncontrollably, because without knowing it, you've uh, you've triggered them, you've stepped on a landmine, and you didn't know about it, and possibly they didn't know about it. They had because no one had tied their feet before and they had no way of knowing it would feel like that to them. And so what do you do in that situation? Honestly, I would seriously consider just ending the scene and taking the time, like untying my partner, uh, cradling them, cuddling them a bit, and then having a conversation with them. I noticed that that moment seemed to take you out of the scene. What do you think happened? Would you like to talk to me about it? Or if you don't want to share that with me because we're not intimate enough, that's okay too. And yeah, but it's better to end a scene that's going wrong than have the other person endure for a long time of something that feels terrible. I um, agree. I would also say be aware that it might be helpful to take a break and then switch the scene and, and do something to end on a positive. Is yeah, that okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. And again, it's something to discuss, but it could feel really. I can imagine, she says, projecting herself totally into that position. I would then feel really bad mm. about if I was the person that had ended the scene. And so, by finishing the scene on a more positive note, it would make me. It would enable me to process the bad thing that had happened better, potentially, depending on how So you could, you could stop the tie you were doing, then talk with them for a while, then say, oh, how about we just do a chest harness instead? Yeah, Since exactly. the feet thing didn't work for you. And they're like, okay, let's do a chest harness. And then you do a nice chest harness together, and that does end it on a more positive note. Yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing is, BDSM being what it is, it's very possible if you are close to that person, then six months down the line, they're going to tell you, you know, I'm I'm not okay with uh, the way my feet trigger me. I, I want you to help me tie my feet, and I want to work through that. And but that's for six months down the line. That's not for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, pain for us would be a bit of one of those things because I have a lot of triggers around it. And at first, it was on every limits list I had, and now 
we're in a very different place with it. Yeah. No, you're a pain slut. Not exactly, but I'm definitely mildly masochistic. Yeah. Okay, very interesting. Uh, that will be all on emotions today on the Rope Podcast. So don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from, so iTunes or Stitcher, and come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. You can also visit our website, ropepodcast.com, and if you happen to be an iTunes user, if you've got an iPhone and so on, uh, it would help us out if you could leave a review of the Rope Podcast on iTunes. Uh, it doesn't have to be a five-star review. Just say just say what you want to say. But uh, yeah, we need to get a few reviews so people can find us easier. We also love questions from our listeners. So if you have any, please drop us a message on FET and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.